0: Well, hey, this is Joey Furjanik, lead pastor of The Block Church. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's an honor to share this time together with you. We hope this message will touch, impact, and transform your life and help take us one step further on our journey to revive every block. Hey, everybody! So glad you're with us today. My name is Joey. I'm the lead pastor right here at the Block Church. want to welcome our online community and all of our physical locations in Philadelphia. We're really grateful. I believe in God's going to speak to you today on this final week of summer love. I hope you've gotten something out of this. I hope God has spoken to you and uh, that you're in process of rethinking and uh, renewing your mind when it comes to love and romance. But today you're in luck. Maybe I think maybe my favorite message of the series is on the way here. All right. So but before we get into God's word, uh, I couldn't I couldn't finish this series without mentioning uh, one of the most tragic uh, movies, uh, love romance movies of all time. You do remember The Notebook, right? (laughs) Tragic. I I say that because the the amount of red flags in this movie, I know some of you are writing me off and canceling me because this is like your whole life was, your whole romance was built on The Notebook. You know, this is the I'm a bird, you're a bird movie, you know, which I hate that line. And then there's also, uh, th- okay, so th- this cracks me up. Red flag number one, Allie and Noah. Allie's on a date, and then Noah basically threatens suicide. He jumps into her cart, threatens suicide if she doesn't go out on a date with him. And And what's funny about it is she's on a date already, which... I guess I don't have much of a problem with. It's more the suicide thing that's kind of problematic, you know? It's like, that's weird. How did that get into a movie? Uh, Also, their fights are, like, rather physical, you know? I mean, she's constantly beating him up, you know? It's like, this is kind of a red flag. And then at the end of the movie, even crazier is is she is, like, engaged to be married, and then she cheats on her fiancé. And then, of course, they live happily ever after and die. That's basically the movie. So if you didn't see it, <laughs> you know, I, I'm being funny, right? But like, it's kind of weird to be like one of the most celebrated romance s- stories of all time. I kind of see a lot of red flags there. Yeah. Do, you guys re- do you guys remember the social media craze with the red flags? Well, that's kind of the title of my message today. I want to help you. The title of my message is simply red flags, red flags. Look at your neighbor and tell them you're not a red flag. You're not a red flag. Look, not every romantic relationship is for your good, okay? Uh, Sometimes it's for your demise. Uh, We have to recognize the red flags in these relationships and do something about them. Okay, if we're married and we notice red flags, we're not getting divorced. We're going to seek godly counsel. We're going to work these things out. That's the first step. Uh, If we're dating or engaged, before we proceed, we see all these red flags before we proceed. We got to get some godly counsel to make sure this is going to be healthy for our lives. Uh, If you're considering dating, uh, you're going to observe and notice some patterns or even some red flags in people uh, before you engage in a more official uh, situation, right? What we're doing is we're, we're for those dating and engaged, we're, we're doing some preventative care. If we're married, we're being proactive to deal with these things. And so anyway, I want to go to Judges chapter 16. I want to read a lot of scripture, a lot of verses, but you know the story of Samson and Delilah. If you don't, it's classic. It's, it's classic. And I, I want to give you a little context because Samson is the judge of Israel. And it's really important uh, to understand that this is kind of prior to David defeating Goliath and uh, God accepting that Israel's going to have a king. God kind of led through judges and these individuals. Samson has taken a Nazarene vow, which means he's not eating anything from the vine. He's not drinking alcohol. Uh, He's not touching or getting really around anything that's dead. And then Samson has this superhuman supernatural strength that is connected to his vow, not cutting his hair. But this really was a sign of holiness. It was a sign of, I am this minister, I am this judge, a leader of the people, and I'm going to live a standard of holiness that's above reproach. In fact, I think that that principle, the principle of living above reproach, is a good standard for all believers, because all of us are ministers. But again, those of us who are in the ministry, I I do think that there's even a higher calling of being aware of our scenarios and situations. The Billy Graham rule, if you've not heard of it, Billy Graham, he would not go anywhere privately, car, hotel room, anywhere any sort of situation with a woman. He would do this some today in our hypersensitive culture would call that sexist. I call it wisdom. He was very careful. And even in my own life, uh, I'm very, very careful to not get into a situation uh, where I'm alone uh, with someone of the opposite sex uh, for an extended period of time, or I will go out of my way to make sure that I'm careful and the optics uh, are not a situation where I'm going to get accused of something or, uh, or anything else. And so I don't, I think that that's wisdom. I know that I've got to live a certain way uh, because there's a lot of folks that are under my care and following me. And so uh, these are things I want to honor my wife. And, and you know, what's good about me living this way uh, is my my life, my, my wife does not walk around constantly jealous or freaking out or worried. I'm providing her security. So she's giving me freedom. just some, Free relationship advice. So, all right, let, let let's let's read basically. And and again, Samson's a flawed dude, okay? Uh, like all men. But the, the problem is, is Samson's not going to take his vow, his role seriously. And, and that's a problem. So, verse four, let's pick up there. Sometime later, Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah who lived in the valley of Sarek. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, entice Samson to tell you what makes him so strong and how he could be overpowered and tied up securely. Then each of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. Okay, so more context here. Uh, the Israelites were enemies to the Philistines. I mentioned David earlier because David defeats the Philistine and it was this constant battle that's later on. But, but Samson was this warrior and judge. I mean, he was killing the thousands of Philistines, the armies of God. And so uh, right away, Samson falls in love uh, with a woman outside of the faith. Here's what happens to Samson, and here's the first red flag. I'm going to give you a bunch of them today. Uh, Write them down, apply them, put them on your mirror, do what you got to do. But uh, here's the first one that I see here is, uh, it's a red flag when you've made love an idol. When you've made love an idol. You know, Exodus 23 says, God going, I'll have no other gods or idols before me. And while God is love, Okay, God is love. Love comes from God. That's why there can be no love without truth. God is love. So love is not bad in and of itself, but just like anything, money, sex, hobbies, jobs, careers, like anything, we can unintentionally or intentionally, because we enjoy it so much, we can make an idol out of pleasure. We can make an idol out of good things. You can make an idol out of your family. We do. We, we, we do that sometimes. And sometimes it just happens. Uh, sometimes we're so broken and, and damaged that uh, we're actually trying to fill hurt places uh, in our life and be comfortable. So we make idols of things that are before God. And God's like, nothing can be before me. It, again, it's why God is like about your finances. Jesus is like, where are your treasures? There your heart will be also. That's why he wants not your money, but he wants your heart. And so your money goes first. It's a principle. And so Samson falls in love and he makes love an idol. That's a red flag. You're in a relationship and you're starting to make this person an idol before God, slow down. Here's another red flag I see in in verses four through five. I see that it's a red flag when you start romancing with someone outside the faith. And that's what he's doing. This is gonna be problematic. You know, uh, everybody kind of, when you say the name Delilah, it's kind of like, ugh. You know, it's like not a lot of people naming their, their daughter Delilah, right? There's a great radio host with a uh, name Delilah, but uh, a little older. But I mean, it's not a popular name because she doesn't have a great reputation. It, <laughs> the kids, they, they told me that she's, she's a hot girl not like you know like like beautiful or fine like we would think but like it's kind of like a it's it's kind of like a popular phrase i don't really understand it (laughs) she's a problem she's a problem and while that's true I honestly don't put a lot of blame or onus on her in this story because she's not really a believer, a part of the faith. And so like, I'm not really concerned in a sense with how she's living. I'm concerned that Samson is not leading himself well and doing dumb things like romancing with someone outside the faith. Again, important to be friends with people outside the faith, important to be in relationship, evangelize, uh, cooperate and, and, and be in community with our culture in a sense, not fully, of course, but you understand what I'm saying. But, but he's romancing with someone outside the faith. You know the scripture, maybe you don't. It's popular, 2 Corinthians 6, 14, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness? Let me help you really understand what not being unequally yoked is. The best way I can describe it is kind of what the original intent was, is you've got two bulls or you've got oxen, and one is a different weight or different size, and they're supposed to be pulling something or doing work. Okay? Translate that to your romantic relationships. When you become a partner with somebody, you're pulling weight. You're carrying their burdens. You're also producing fruit for the kingdom of God, or you should be. And so you've got two bulls or oxen that are of different weight calibers, and they can't keep up with each other. And what happens is they don't go in a straight line. They can't go anywhere or what 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 could even happen is one bull can end up breaking his neck Th- this is the context of it and the dangers of romancing outside of the faith if you're married to someone outside of the faith paul the apostle actually recommends that you stay and live a holy life a- a- an incredibly pleasing life to the Lord and pray and fast, 1 Corinthians seven fourteen, uh, so that they might be won over and experience your holiness. Verse six, Delilah says to Samson, please tell me what makes you so strong and what would it take to tie you up securely? See, Samson's not seeing this the way that, <laughs> that uh, he should be. Samson replied, if I were to tie up with seven... New bowstrings that have not yet been dried. I would become as weak as anyone else. Samson's not thinking with his spirit. Uh, he's not thinking with his brain. If you catch my drift, here's another red flag: when they ask you to compromise your convictions, this is a warning sign. When when you're giving up your calling, and they never compromise for you, what's happening here? And, and what's, what's taking place is, please tell me what makes you strong. Well, well the, the, she's going right to the heart of his calling and his purpose, and she's asking him to compromise his values. See, there's two kinds of compromise. There's compromise that makes a relationship work that's built on coming to the middle uh, and compromising once. But there's other compromises that compromises values and spirituality, that's a red flag. You've got to have similar value systems or this is where you're going to end up. Uh, and honestly, they're both selfish and she's very entitled. I mean, that, that's, that's what you're seeing here. Here's another red flag. When you have to lie to them to keep your standard when you have to lie to them to keep your standard. In other words, he's about to trade sin for a standard. So he, he's, he's lying to her to keep a standard. So like, you've kept one standard, but now you gotta lie to, to keep it. You know what that is? Dead religion. That's what it is. It's like, I, I can't be honest because I wanna keep one foot in, But like, I know I'm supposed to keep this standard, but I'm going to sin to keep the standard. What are we doing here? God's looking at all sin the same. And his heart's breaking. And he's like, dude, you're compromising over this girl who's who's, who's not going to add value to you. Wake up. And some of us, that's exactly what we do. We we have dead religion and we don't understand why our relationship with God is breaking down, why the person we're with is not being influenced by us and why we don't have the peace that's promised. Verse eight, so the Philistine rulers brought Delilah seven new bowstrings and she tied Samson up with them. She had hidden some men in one of the inner rooms of her house and she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But Samson snapped the bowstrings as a piece of string snaps when it is burned by a fire. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. He's playing with fire. Afterward, Delilah said to him, You've been making fun of me and telling me lies. Now please tell me how you can be tied up securely. Samson replied, if I were tied up with a brand new ropes that had never been used, I would become as weak as anyone else. So Delilah took new ropes and tied them up with them. The men were hiding in the inner room as before. And again, Delilah cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But again, Samson snapped the ropes from his arms as they were thread. How stupid is he? Honestly, he is liking this game. Some of us like to play with sin more than we like to seek the holiness of God. And a red flag I see here is when you're in danger, but you stay anyway. He's in danger, yet he stays. And and some of us are in danger and we literally, we we are in situations where we are being emotionally and physically abused and we stay. Why? What is so broken in us? What is missing in us that we stay when we are in danger? Now, again, if you're married, it's very sensitive. There are scenarios and situations that have led to divorce and particularly in marriage, we try to go to God's word and we're trying to take situations case by case, our our first response, especially when you're in danger. Again, I just want to be clear. Our first response has been and is, hey, let's separate if you're in danger and let's see if there's possibility for reconciliation. Okay. I'm not saying that all divorce scenarios or situation God is holding that over you or that's sinful. I'm just saying our first response, I wanna be clear is if you're in danger or the kids are in danger, you, you gotta separate and be safe. Let's get some godly counsel and let's just, let's just wrestle with the Lord and, and see if there's a possibility for reconciliation. But if you're in danger already and you're not even married, I don't know. I'm not sure it's really worth it because you know what's gonna end up happening? you're going to end up toxic and worse off than you were before. Hurt in a hospital room, dead, cut off from people. If you love someone and you see abusive tendencies, put down your flag and say, we've got to get some help. Are you willing to do the work? Because God can redeem anybody, but you got to do the work. Verse 13, then Delilah said, you've been making fun of me and telling me lies. Now Tell me how you can be tied up securely, Samson. Replied, if you were to, and then he goes, if you were to weed the seven braids of my hair into the pa- fabric on your loom and tighten it with the loom shuttle, I would become as weak as anybody else. So while he slept, Delilah wove the seven braids of his hair into the fabric. Then she tightened it with the loom shuttle. Again, she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But Samson woke up, pulled back the loom shuttle, yanked his hair away from the loom and the fabric. Another red flag, when they don't respect you. She won't give up. She's nagging him. She's disrespecting his wishes. And you need to be real careful of a person like this because you'll end up with money problems and miserable. One of the, my favorite books in, in premarital and in marriage is Love and Respect. I think it's a great book. And the premise is that men need respect, women need love, but I, I think it's beyond that. I, my interpretation is that uh, men need respect and women need security. Now, I, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> calm down. I'm not saying it's everybody, but the, the majority of, of situations we really think of it, it's it's honestly, come on, let's be honest. It's why some ugly dudes end up with some beautiful women and they're married. It's like, how did that happen? Well, he provided security. Amen. And I got one or two staff members like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> relax. Everybody, relax, calm down. But but it's true. I mean, I, I think it, I, I think it's it's valuable that that. And when I say security, it's not all about money. Security can be uh, a, a place of peace. Uh, security can be a place of consistency. Uh, a security can be a place of trust when when a uh, uh, a man gets up every day and cares for the kids and is not erratic and uh goes to work and uh, is is a, a believer and loves God and leads and says let's go to church that's security yeah. and so all, all i'm saying is, is is it's just important thing and and security often leads to intimacy and without respect uh, there can't be connection for for a long time, or, or there can't be uh, sustainable connection. And connection leads to intimacy. Respect goes both ways. Security goes both ways. And what I'm seeing in this scenario is they don't respect each other. It can't last long term anyway. Verse 15. I'm sorry, I'm doing the whole story because there's so much good stuff. I literally could preach for an hour. I don't have that much time. Then De- Delilah pouted. Oh, nothing makes me angrier than a pout. <laughs> if you pout, you're out. <laughs> it just kills me. I love how the scripture puts that. That's my that's my that's my out right there, is pouting. How can you tell me I I love you, she says, when you don't share your secrets with me. You've made fun of me three times now and you still haven't told me what makes you so strong. She tormented, the Bible says, tormented him and nagged him day after day until he was sick to death of it. I got a scripture for that. See, I see two red flags here. Number one is... uh, when you're manipulated then when that person makes you sick guys this hello and and some of us are so love drunk or or desperate or lonely that it's like okay i can be manipulated and stay manipulation is when someone tries to utilize and use your emotions to get their way uh, or paint a picture, which is exactly what she's doing. But like, when it's so toxic that person makes you sick, Proverbs twenty-one nine, Bible says, better to live on a corner of the roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. Now, I I want to be I want to be fair. I'm an equal opportunity offender. Okay, it, it goes both ways. Okay. Uh, it, it would be better, let me give my own uh, Joey 21.9, and it's. it would also be better for a woman to live uh, on the corner of her roof if she's married to a man who doesn't provide any sense of normalcy and security. When you're manipulated, when that person makes you sick, consider, are they making you emotionally sick? Is this relationship so toxic that you're just, now you have a mental health problem? It, it ain't worth it. Verse 17, finally, finally. Everybody say that, finally. Sin will wear you down. More importantly, more importantly, the longer you play with sin or play with fire, it will wear you down. But best way I can describe it is is I can't believe my parents let me do this growing up is they let me like light fireworks off. Like I'm surprised I still have hands. We were crazy growing up. There is no way my kid is ever setting off fireworks. Uh, <laughs> thanks mom and dad for for caring. But anyway, it's like it's like you play with that stuff long enough At some point, something's going to detonate wrong or backfire. And so, uh, finally, Samson shares his secret with her. My hair has never been cut. He confessed, for I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me. And I would become as weak as anyone else. Here's the biggest red flag. When you quit on God... Your calling and his people. You're disconnecting, you got a problem. I'm gonna finish this story, verse 18. Delilah realized he had finally told her the truth, so she sent for the Philistine rulers. He gave up at this point. Come back one more time, she said, for he has finally told me his secrets. It's time to get paid. We've used him. So the Philistine rulers returned with money in their hands. Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with his head in her lap. And then she called a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. In this way, she began to bring him down and strength left him. Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. When he woke up, he thought, well, I'll just do as I did before. I'll shake myself free. But he didn't realize the Lord had left him. So the Philistine captured him and gouged out his eyes. They took him to Gaza where he was bound with bronze chains and forced to grind grain like an ox. You know what it reminds me of? Romans 6:23. This is the message. Work hard for your sin your whole life and your pension is death. But God's gift is a real life, eternal life, delivered by Jesus, our master. Look at verse 22, that same thing. But now that you've found, you don't have to listen to sin, tell you what to do, and have discovered the delight of listening to God telling you, what a surprise! A whole, healed, put-together life right now with a more life on the way. Aren't you thankful for God's word? Aren't you thankful for redemption? Aren't you thankful this doesn't have to be your story? But it's painful reading this. This man of God gave in. He gave up. He tested God long enough. And he played with the anointing. He played with his position. He played With his calling he played with his holiness he kept messing around and the bible says the wages of sin is death and that's what happened now the end of the story end of the story god redeems but samson dies samson takes out all the philistines but he has to die to do it there are consequences to sin friends consequences when you're forgiven, there's no condemnation, but sometimes there are long-standing consequences. You no know, Samson showed incredible foolishness and a lack of self-leadership. This relationship reminded me of other red flags like this: ungodly pressure, a relationship that makes you toxic, you don't want to interact with family or friends or it becomes a very poor relationship. And I'm not counting bad family and friends. You have no patience, you're quick to anger, you're quick to deception, you're hiding, you become foolish, you have no self-control, particularly when it comes to appetite and sex. You're secretive, you're overly jealous, you're not generous, they refuse to be official with you or you do the same, you've got no hobbies anymore and no relationship with God outside of the fake devotions you're doing in the toxic relationship. guys, let's be aware of the red flags and let's do something about them. These guys needed to break up and stay away. But I want to switch gears for the final few moments. And I want to ask you a question. How do you break up well? How do you break up well and stay in the same church? It's possible. When you break up, I want you to keep these few things in mind. You should write this down. Number one, if you're both Christians, remember you're gonna spend eternity together. Even if you think they're a demon, there might be some, some things in you too. Number two, the relationship may have stolen from you today, but it has given you something for later. My son's starting to play soccer And they're starting to do mini scrimmages. And he came home one day and he's like, dad, we lost. I'm like, son, you're four. You didn't lose. You learned. And I said, we can, this is how it goes. You can win or you can learn. The only time you lose is if you didn't learn. And bad relationships can help us learn. Number three, we're called to forgive one another. It does you no good to extend being a jerk. Taking the high road produces respect. You can even honor when somebody doesn't honor you because justice is God's job and his blessing follows his word. Number four, nobody cares about your business as much as you do. So just want to be clear. Nobody's sitting around around talking about you guys. I mean, maybe for like five minutes, but they're bored of your story already. Number five, we have a greater mission than to allow hurt to interfere with the kingdom. One author said it like this, dating well doesn't always mean you end up in marriage. Dating well means you don't feel like you need a divorce if you break up. In other words, don't act like you're married when you're dating. People... Fail That's why we don't. That's why we say don't move in together. You shouldn't be sharing bank accounts and all this different stuff. When you're engaged, you begin to merge your life. Still don't recommend. Still, I'm not saying move in together. I'm just saying you're engaged. Now you're beginning to blend your life. Don't act married when you're dating, or you're going to end up having a divorce before you are married. I want to close with this thought. I've seen in my life, particularly several staff members who in a sense have an eye on them and have to live lives, need to live lives, get to live lives above reproach. I've seen several of our staff go through breakups and every breakup is public at this point because it's on social media and you can look at somebody's Instagram and somebody's there one day and they're gone the next. But I've seen these guys do it well, stay friends, even work together. There's one relationship that I'm incredibly impressed with their journey and their story. Stephen Profetto and Natalie Profetto, who are now married, uh, they dated for a long time, couldn't get on the same page when it comes to marriage, broke up. But it was during their breakup period that I was most impressed. They broke up and I remember having a conversation with Natalie one time and I just was, how you doing? And I'm just listening to her. And man, I heard hearing somebody leaning into God, hearing from God, pursuing holiness, trying to seek counsel and get the answers for what God was asking her to do with her life. I'm proud of Stephen who kept pursuing, but patiently pursued, kept asking God, what do you want? And eventually, they came back together and made the decision to be married, God redeemed, restored, and is now using them. It doesn't always happen like that, but there's always a high road that you can take. And when you notice red flags, you got to put it in the ground and say, stop, let's pause. And let's figure out what God's saying. Let's get healthy. And maybe the future is together and maybe it's not. But God is a redeemer. Believe that today. Let's stand to our feet at every location. If you're at home, would you watch with us and stay tuned? I want to ask you a question today. Do you know Jesus? Are you in relationship with Jesus Christ? Are you far from God today? If you are, this is your moment. Don't let anything get in the way. If you need to get right with God, with every head bowed, every eye closed, you need to invite him Jesus to be your leader for the first time or you need to come back home, you've been wandering. if that's you, you hear my voice don't delay, if that's you today would you wave at me right now put your hand emoji up in the chats or if you're at a physical location wave at me right now let's get right with God today let's move forward, let's be forgiven and free, if you've never invited Jesus to be your Lord come on, wave it at me I want to pray a prayer together at every location. Out loud, if you're at home, come on, say it out loud. Can we say this? Jesus, thank you for forgiveness and for the cross. Today, I want to be with you and you with me. Forgive me of my sin. Be my leader. Be my God. Raise me to new life. Like you were raised in Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we believe you are saved. Heaven is your destiny and your best days are ahead. And while it may not get easier, it will get better. Come on, let's give it up for all those people today. Thanks so much for joining us today. I especially want to thank those of you who give generously to help us revive every block. If you enjoyed this message, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, screenshot it, and post your social stories and tag us at The Block Church. We'd love to hear from you and how you found this encouraging and inspiring. Thanks again, and God bless you.